This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. As turkeys across Canada go into hiding, we have an Oilers game tomorrow on 6.30, Chad, an Eskimos game on Monday. Receiver Duke Williams looking good to play. Uh, I, was, I was definitely in pain, you know, but pain is temporary. You know, it lasted a couple minutes, maybe today, but once the next day hit, I was all right. You know, pain is temporary. You know, I'm immune to it. Where did this high pain tolerance come from? Have you always had it? Being young, running around, <laughs> just scraping my knees on the ground, you know, running in its poles on skates. But that's where it come from, you know. And my mom, you know, she's definitely tough. You know, one thing she taught us, she taught us to be tough. And, you know, everything is not going to go our way, but it's, it's, it's about how we respond. Yeah, Duke obviously uh, hurt last weekend against Winnipeg, but looks like he's going to be good to go. The Eskimos need him. They need a lot more offense. There's the understatement of the week when they go into Saskatchewan on Monday. 19-11, Winnipeg leading Ottawa. Third quarter just started. Friday night football. Just one NHL game going on at the moment. Hurricanes lead the Blue Jackets 2-1 after 2. Sharks and Kings face off at 8.30. Baseball playoffs, 5-0. Boston leading the Yankees in the fourth. The Brewers beat the Rockies 4-0 to go up 2-0 in that series. Astros win game 1-7-2 over the Indians. Braves and Dodgers will get going in about half an hour. Edmonton Oil Kings just underway in Kootenai. First minute of the game, so no one has scored yet. Text to 6.30, Dave says uh, about uh, Matthew Zeroni from the Wildcats, who we just had in studio. He says, broken collarbone is not fun. That is a tough, tough guy. Nice job coming back from the injury. Jamie says, the Oilers' defense will struggle. Or pardon me. Uh, yes, the Oilers' defense will struggle to add offense, and the 4, 5, and 6 D-men will struggle to defend. Backup goaltending will once again be an issue. This will contribute to too many goals against. Oilers will get 85 points, and Talbot will only have a 900 save percentage. That is from Jamie. JT says, if the Oilers are healthy and get the special teams working, we will have 90 to 100 points. Also, McDavid will have at least 120 points, maybe 50 goals. Worst case scenario, Oilers fight for a wild card. If all goes well, maybe they are third or second in the division. Another text, hey, Reed, I expect a much better season this year from the Oilers. It's awesome to see Yamamoto and Puyo-Yarvi step up and show the potential they have. I predict a rebound season from Talbot as well. McDavid gets 102 points, and the team gets 102 points. And Doug in a combine. Kellen, you got to listen to this one before we bring uh, Ken in here. All right. Oilers, 102 points. Mm-hmm. McDavid, 120 points. Cool. Oilers will finish second in the division. Now, that's Doug in a combine. And then he really goes out on a limb. Mm-hmm. 
Winnipeg falls short of the playoffs and Arizona gets in. Wow. I'm speechless. That, that, that's he, what, original. What can we say about that? Does, does he have a couple of brass ones? Does that, does that saying fit for Doug in a combine? Doug, you got to save that text. You Save that text because I'll never remember to find it in the system. Email it to yourself or something. Text it to a bunch of loved ones. That's, inc- that's a wow. But hey, who knows? That's the fun part. Who really knows? You text 630-630-780-496-0063. We are taking your Oilers point prediction. Are they in or out of the postseason? And uh, anything else you would like to predict as well? Well, uh, for, for the Oilers in the NHL, you know, don't be like, you know, Trump's going to win again. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that came to my mind. Uh, Ken Reed is uh, a very entertaining fellow. Used to work on the old television here in Edmonton. He's now an anchor with SportsCent Central, and he's a pretty good author as well. Hockey Card Stories 2 is now available. Ken, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Awesome, Reed. Full disclosure, I was just on uh, online on eBay looking for an old Nova Scotia Oilers jersey because that's who I am. <laughs> well, did you find one? No, just some... Kind of counterfeit Nova Scotia Voyagers jersey, but I, I want the real deal. I want to get a good old Nova Scotia Oilers jersey. I love those guys back in like 85, 86, you know, like a young Warren Skordensky in that. Jim Ralph was the goalie there for a while. So Ray Cote was a total sniper. Used to, used to go, there used to be, they'd get about 1,200 fans a game. Halifax was not a good AHL city. Good major junior city, not a good AHL city. Oh, that, that's amazing. Well, I'll have to sniff around, or maybe a listener will, will reach out that they'd have a, a Nova Scotia Oilers jersey they'd be willing to maybe. part with. I'm sure for a sum, though, you'd, you'd be digging into yeah. the piggy bank. Right. Well, maybe I'll send them a signed book and trade. They probably want much more than that, though, to be honest. <laughs> Here's a question for you. What, what's the most, I guess it would depend on the type of memorabilia, what, what's the most you'd be comfortable spending on sports memorabilia? Oh, geez. Um, I've never been a big guy to go spend money on it. I've always kind of got got stuff that I like and, you know, 10 bucks, 5 bucks, stuff that I just think is is fun for me. Um, I've never gone out and spent a ton. I mean, I've spent on a card collection before for hundreds of cards at once, but to go out and pay a, a ton of money for one item, that's it's kind of not why I do it. So, uh, I don't know, 75 bucks or something if I thought something was really cool, but obviously it's a big money business for some people, just not for me. I'm kind of in it for, I guess I'll call more holistic reasons. Very innocent reasons. <laughs> there we go. Well, I, I had a I, when I worked in Lloyd, I had a buddy. Well, he's still my buddy, but I don't I don't see him all the time anymore. But for our yeah. birthdays, we would always try to get each other the cheapest hockey or baseball card we could find. It's like, hey, I Bob, found you that, this. That's cool. Yeah, I found you this Terry Francona card from 1984 for five cents, and then you know he'd have to top that on my birthday. <laughs> Top to top, was it the Zellers one or the Opeachy? Yeah, sure. I think the gum was still attached to it. Yeah, I like the Zellers ones back in the day. They they were fun, but yeah, I got you know I got stuff I accumulated over a year. Most of the stuff I have is is from when I was a kid, and I've kept it. And you know, and you you, you kind of accumulate stuff over the years, but I've never really gone out and spent a ton of money on one. 
Well, you've done another great project, though. Here, Ken, your your fourth book, which is which is just incredible. Oh, I know. People <laughs> uh, used to watch me in Edmonton are probably going, "How did that idiot write four books? Because he's a total moron." <laughs> and I am. It's proof that anyone can do it if you put your mind to it. Uh, well, you've done a sequel yeah. here, though. So you know, hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, it's better than Die Hard Two. Hockey card well, story. I always say, yeah, that's funny. I always say uh, Caddyshack Two. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's better than Caddyshack too. Hockey card yeah. stories too. Uh, I mean, you, the ideas you have for these books are, are, are so great too. But uh, for people, for people new to the hockey card stories series, mm-hmm. we can now call it the series. Uh, give, give me the Coles notes of what's behind this. So basically, I call up fifty nine guys whose cards I had as a youngster, and I ask them about that card, and I, I include uh, assumptions or thoughts that I had on the card as a kid. So, uh, you know, I call up guys who were airbrushed. Rick Five had his hair airbrushed on his rookie card. Rick, why they do that to you? He kind of gives me his take. I called up Wayne Gretzky. He gave me his take on his rookie card. As a kid, my, my biggest quest in life as a kid was to get a Wayne Gretzky rookie card, and I got it. So the story in there is intertwined with Wayne's story of his rookie card. Uh, Paul Coffey's 83-84 OPJ. I always loved that. It was an inaction card. He's barreling around the net. You know, that, that speed cough used to pick up behind his own net. So he, he talks about that, his impressions of the card. And, and it's basically cards that guys collected in the 80s and 90s. I know a lot of guys our age read grew up collecting cards. And it's just the stories behind those cards. It's pretty innocent stuff. It's entertaining stuff. Sometimes we'll dig out a little nugget of hockey history with it. But it's just uh, it's kind of the stories behind the cards a lot of us had as kids. It's an easy read. A lot of people, the best compliment I get from people is they say, uh, you write the way you speak. And I thought that's nice because in television, that's a compliment. I, I mean, there's no, you're not going to need a thesaurus with this book. There's no complicated words. This is not Shakespeare. I like to think it's just me sitting down, having a beer with you, telling me the story about this hockey card. And lo and behold, Wayne Gretzky comes in and chimes in as well. So it was a lot of fun. It's something I, I wanted to do is because I got older, the cards I had as a kid, I, I'd noticed things. You know, as a kid, I never wondered why the photographers convinced Troy Millette to pose, you know, with just his lower gear and his and his biceps and upper chest uh, out for his card. But when I get older, I look at that card, I'm like, how'd they convince Troy Millette to go thumbs out, guns out for his rookie card? So I called up Troy and he told me. Uh, it, it was just a lot of fun to put together. And you didn't have to read Hockey Card Stories 1 to read Hockey Card Stories 2. It's more like an encyclopedia. You can read letter F without reading letter A. It's not like Lord of the Rings. You don't need to, to watch them in sequence. So it's just a, it's just a little fun with hockey cards. Ken Reed joining us on Inside Sports, the new book available now, Hockey Card Stories 2. Well, and, and it's so cool that you get the stories behind these these cards and, and, and get to talk to these guys about about their careers as well. And the great thing, Ken, you know, I've found, you know, for my years in the media and now hosting a talk show, the, the ex-players tell you things that they never would have when they're a current player. Like yeah. the guy with the airbrushed hair, if you would have asked me, if, if you would have asked him that when his card came out and he was still playing, it would have been like, well, you know, just um, give him 110% yeah. and, um, and uh, yeah. they, they, you know, they uh, said it was uh, good. So, uh, yeah, good. You know, that's, but now he'll talk about exactly. it. Exactly. Perspective, uh, letting your guard down. The guys will let you in the room. Uh, uh, that's kind of a cliche paraphrasing but yeah they'll, they'll tell me all kinds of great stuff about, about these cards and the, and the cool thing about a hockey card is one of my main messages is there's no such thing as a common card because a lot of times they talk about oh what's this card worth this card isn't worth anything and maybe you might get a nickel for it but there's a story behind it 
So I speak to guys who never played a second in the NHL, but somehow got a card out of it. Because in the boom years, as we call it, the card industry in 1990, everybody got a card, including draft picks. And when I spoke to Wayne Gretzky, I, I thought, man, by the time he was 18, 19 years old, he was a national celebrity. He'd accomplished so much. What could a hockey card mean to him? And he had this fantastic story about it. So uh, it, it surprised me how much cards meant to guys, how much they opened up about it, and where the just talking about their hockey card would lead me to go and lead them to go as far as their stories were concerned. In some stories, I mean, the card, just, it's, it's just a jumping off point for so much more. You know, Ken, uh, I don't. I don't have kids, so I, I you know, I don't. I, I don't relate to young people very well. But, but so seriously, yeah. guy, are young people still getting cards? I wonder if they mean the same thing as they did to our yeah. generation. Because you know what, like when they we were don't. kids, the g- games yeah. were not, the games were on TV. I might have to get exactly. a, a Rod Langway hockey card to know what he looked like. Like now, you don't have to do exactly. that. Exactly. Exactly, Reed. These cards were our window to the hockey world, right? They were a connection to the hockey world. Because you're right, you wouldn't know what the Washington Capitals looked like. I grew up in Nova Scotia. I didn't, I didn't know what, you know, Dave Taylor looked like. I never got an LA Kings game on TV. But the cards show me. They showed me what the Kings uniforms looked like. They showed me what Harold Snips looked like. They showed me, you know, what the Colorado Rockies looked like. Nowadays, you have Google. You know, there's an infinite amount of games on TV. So these cards were from a more innocent time. When the game itself was more innocent, but what I do love right now, and I'll give them a plug, Tim Hortons with their cards, it's 99 cents a pack. Because the one thing we always say is, oh, kids can't afford it anymore. Well, they can. Because they can get a pack for 99 cents. I give my Tim Hortons cards to my kids. They run around with them. My oldest guy wants Sharks and Lightning because he loves those logos. And I, I think it's great. They have them in their room. They run around with them. They're damaged. They're beat up. But it's fun. For me, cards have always represented a connection to the game I love because it helped me connect to this far-off world of the National Hockey League. And I think in its purest form, that's what it does for today's kids as well, even if they pick up a pack for 99 cents at Tim Hortons as as opposed to a pack that's going to cost them hundreds of dollars. Well said, Ken. I'll close it off this way. Dare I ask, what's the next Mm -hmm. book, or are you taking a breather? Well, there's my breather right big there. Big sigh. <laughs> I got some ideas. I got an idea for a spinoff of One Night Only that I'm thinking about. Uh, talk to guys who scored just a single goal in the NHL. And I was just thinking of the title today, I Shot, I Scored. So the stories of guys with one goal in the NHL. But that's just something I'm kicking around in my head. I'm um, talking to an older player about maybe doing a book with him. And people are always already asking about Hockey Card Stories 3, which I think is funny. Because, man, with the hockey card story stuff, you know it's endless, right? I got boxes of these things, so there's, there's lots of guys to talk to. But I think I'm in, I'm in breather mode for right now. I'm just going to, you know, take, take a little time in the off-season. And I'm old-school off-season, Reed, right? I'm not going to work out. I'm going to drink beer. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to golf. Uh, you know, I'm old-school off-season. I'm going to get out of shape. And then when it's time to write my next book, if there's a chance to write the next one, then I'll... I'll hammer it out. I'll do the Jerry Cheevers thing where I jump in my car, put on a bunch of garbage bags, turn the heat up, smoke a pack of cigarettes, lose five pounds, and report to camp ready to go. (laughs) There's the Ken Reed workout. Ken, thanks for coming on tonight. Reed, thanks. And hey, pick up Hockey Card Stories too in stores now. Thanks, Reed. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Nuge ready to go tomorrow on a line with McDavid and Ratty. The Oilers finally start their regular season NHL tonight. Hurricanes leading the Blue Jackets 3-1 halfway through the third. Later, Sharks at the Kings. Oil Kings trail Kootenai 3-1 with a minute left in the first period. Baseball 5-0 Red Sox over the Yankees in the sixth. Braves and Dodgers just getting underway. Astros won game one over the Indians 7-2. Brewers up two games to nothing on the Rockies thanks to a 4-0 win this afternoon. Late in the third quarter, 22-11, Winnipeg leading Ottawa Friday night football in the CFL. Edmonton Eskimos at Regina on Monday afternoon to take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and this guy, Riders defensive end, Willie Jefferson. Willie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, well, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, happy uh, Canadian Thanksgiving. Obviously, uh, you're from the U.S. where Thanksgiving is at a, a different time of the year. But what what does Thanksgiving mean to you, and what does Thanksgiving football mean to you? Uh, man, Thanksgiving in Canada means uh, getting together with the teammates, uh, the Canadian teammates, and just pretty much uh, sharing the, uh, the love for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Uh, since I've been in the league, Every year I've been in the league, a uh, couple of my Canadian teammates always seem to find the uh, American guys that's that's feeling a little homesick for Thanksgiving and stuff like that, and they they take care of us stuff like that, get us together with a lot of the with a lot of their family members and stuff like that. A lot of people from Canada and just uh, have like a a nice little traditional Thanksgiving dinner. So when when the schedule came out and you saw you were playing on Thanksgiving Monday, was that uh, a little disappointing or was, or was that exciting? Oh no, I mean that's like that's one of those exciting things. You know, as a kid growing up, you always uh, for the holidays you always tend to sit around the TV and watch uh, sports with your like you know what I'm saying like with your dad, your grandpa, your uncles and stuff like that. So. When I uh, looked on the schedule and seen that we would be playing on Thanksgiving, man, that's pretty like, like that's a big that's a big uh, step for us as a as a team. And then a couple of players, as players I know for sure, as the uh, the Canadian players, they get to uh, play on Thanksgiving, play on a on a holiday in front of their family and their friends and stuff like that while they're at home with their family and their friends and stuff. They get to sit uh, sit in front of the TV and pretty much watch their friends. Watch their friend or their, or their old classmate or, you know what I'm saying, like I said, like their uncle or, you know what I'm saying, some some type of family member play on national television on a, uh, on a holiday. Willie, in terms of the Rough Riders season, uh, I mean, I, I, I've seen your games. I, I guess if I were to look at it, I, I would say the first seven games, uh, you know, okay, maybe not that good, uh, but really good over the last uh, seven games where you've able to win six out of the seven. I, I don't know if it's that simple just to kind of cut it in half like that, but why do you think the team's been way more successful lately? Yeah, I'm saying as a team, as a team at the beginning of the season, we pretty much did the same thing. We cut the uh, season in we cut the season into threes, you know what I'm saying? So uh, the first, like the first third of the season, like we probably, like we started off rocky and then like the uh, the middle half, I mean like the little middle portion, we kind of like found ourselves defensive-wise and then like our offense started to, uh, started to find itself also and then like these last couple of games, like we really like have to... Uh 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, like now, find ourselves and put everything together and just start to uh, try to get this role going for, for the playoffs. Willie, you obviously played with uh, with Edmonton for a couple of years before going to Saskatchewan. Uh, Chris Jones has has been your head coach and your defensive coordinator during these you know almost five full seasons. Uh, is it kind of just like you, you can read Chris's mind now, like you know what he wants, you know what it's going to be like in practice, or, or how would you sum up your relationship? Oh yeah, man. When it comes like when it comes down to like the ins and like the ins and outs uh, behind, like you know, what I'm saying behind the scenes and stuff like that, I pretty much know how Coach Jones like how Coach Jones likes to run things, like how he likes to have things and stuff like that. So I'm pretty much just uh, telling everybody how things are going to go and stuff like that, how they should be. But uh, when it comes down to like defensive play calls and stuff like that in the game, I can I can tend tend to know what like what kind of calls he's going to be given just by how the game's going and then like you said me being with him for so long but I'm saying after a while Coach Jones gets into the rhythm and if you really look at him like I know the guys on the defense like we've been with him since camp but if you really like if you really just look at it like you know what I'm saying like we know what kind of like what kind of uh tendencies he has and then we just like we, we just go with him. Willie Jefferson from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Eskimos and Rough Riders coming up on Monday afternoon here on 630 Chet. You know, Willie, you're having a pretty good season, uh, but you got a teammate on uh, on the defensive line who, uh, who might wind up winning Defensive Player of the Year. Tell me a little bit about Charleston Hughes and how that impacts the, the ability on other guys on the defense to make plays as well. Well, I'm saying you know, you know, Charleston been doing what Charleston's doing, what what he's doing now for the last couple of years, and I'm saying like uh, with him joining the defense this year, it's pretty much just uh, amplified everybody else's play around him. Like he's one of those guys. Like if, with him being on the field, we know he's gonna get a lot of he's gonna get a lot of looks and stuff like that. So everybody else around him has to try to do their best to make a play and stuff like that. It, uh, like at the, I know at the, at the beginning of the season we both was making plays like back to back, but uh, the way we look at it, well, me and him, the way we look at it is like we, it's pretty much a race to the to the ball, pretty much a race to make a play and stuff like that. Like he had uh, a great couple of games like back to back at the beginning of the season, and then uh, uh, he like kind of like slowed down, and then like once he's like kind of like slowed, like I don't really want to say he slowed down, but like once he wasn't making like as many plays as he was. It seemed like uh, my play stepped up, and I was in like uh, like my play started uh, to increase, and then it basically just uh, seesawed. I'm saying like he went down, I I started to play a little bit better, and then like now, like we both pretty much on like the same level. Like we just really just trying to click, trying to finish out finish off this season uh, on a high note, and like I said, make our make our way to these playoffs uh, rolling and into a good groove. 
Willie, you, you had Mike Riley as a teammate. Now you've been going up against him for almost three full seasons. Uh, good game earlier this season. The Eskimos were able to get past you guys. You know, Mike's coming off a really tough game against a, a Winnipeg on Saturday, so I, I don't even know if you're going to look at the film for that one because uh, I'm sure you expect Mike to be a lot better. But, you know, wh- how, how, what's it like playing against uh, playing against Riley? And it's it's, uh, it's always a challenge playing against Mike, just knowing like the ca- the caliber of quarterback he is, knowing how much uh, preparation he brings to the game, and just to know like he knows his offense and pretty much knows the defense that he's playing better. Like he tries to know the defense that he's playing better than like I guess the defense and that defensive coordinator. But going against Mike, like I said, it's always a challenge to try to uh, get him down get him to move around in that pocket to get him uneasy because, like I said, he's one of those guys that's been in the league for a while and he doesn't get rattled uh, very easily. And he's also a tough player. Like You can always knock Mike down, uh, bump him, like bump him, uh, shake him up and stuff like that, but he always finds some kind of way to get up and, and finish the game or uh, find some kind of way to finish finish a play. Well, Willie, looking forward to the game on Monday. Hopefully it's a good one. I really appreciate your time, and happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate y'all having me. You have a great Thanksgiving as well. All right, that's Willie Jefferson, defensive end for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, checking in. Lewis Ward, what a season for this kid with the Ottawa Red Blacks. He has made two more field goals, 40 in a row. 40 in a row, new CFL record, and now right at the end of the third quarter, it is uh, Winnipeg just uh, holding on here, 23-17. They uh, lead the Ottawa Red Blacks, and we I'm just going to check on the replay here before we, or pardon me, 22-17. Matt Nichols fumbled, but I think uh, Winnipeg able to get it back. But Lewis Ward, 40 straight field goals, new CFL record for the Ottawa kicker. Hey, we'll meet this week's 6.30 Chet MVP when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6.30 Chet. Talbot in goal tomorrow. Oilers take on the Devils. Coverage starts at 9.30 in the morning here on 6.30 Chet. Hey, the 6.30 Chet MVP is presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. The athlete this week is Callum Sunquist, and he was also featured on Global News this past Tuesday. The video can be found in the MVP section of 630Ched.com, and Callum gets Under Armour apparel courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show Callum's coach at Artona Gymnastics, Taylor Monroe. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to talk to Callum Sunquist. He's this week's 630Ched MVP, uh, but of course he's not uh, available <laughs> right now to talk. Why don't you tell everybody what he's doing? Because it's pretty exciting where he is this week. Yeah, Count's currently in Portugal representing Team Canada at the Lube World Cup. Um, so this is a competition that is six weeks um, before the World Championships that are taking place in St. Petersburg, Russia. So he's there uh, getting to prepare for the event um, by competing at the World Cup. So he's currently busy. He's about to compete here right away within the next hour. So we'll be watching him over live stream um, and then celebrating his success and cheering him on from here. Okay, right on. Well, uh, I mean, he's he's doing so well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about when you got to know Callum and when, or tell me what, and what he does to make himself stand out. How has he sort of been able to separate himself? 
You bet. Um, so Callum's been in the sport of gymnastics since he was three years old. I got to first know him um, when I started coaching at the York Corner Gymnastics Club uh, about eight years ago. At that time, he was a men's artistic athlete and doing a fantastic job there. He went to the national level as a men's artistic athlete under the coach and direction of Brandon O'Neill at our club. Um, and then as his time was kind of coming to an end in men's artistic gymnastics, he decided he'd make the switch over to trampoline and tumbling as a lot of athletes uh, do, just because there's a little bit more longevity in our trampoline and tumbling sport. Um, Due to his long life in the men's artistic program, he has a lot of skills and good insight that's been able to and tumbling program so he's been in the trampoline tumbling program for four years now and I've been coaching him and he's just kind of um, taken the sport by storm he's mobilized through all the levels very quickly became a senior athlete very quickly and just kind of bounced onto the world stage in a very short period of time um, Callum is a very dedicated athlete um, as well as dedicated individual just all around he currently attends post-secondary education at the University of Alberta he's a coach at our Gymnastics Club He's just a well-rounded teammate who's dedicated to doing well for himself, but supporting all of those around him. Um, And that's what's allowing to a lot of his success at the moment. Well, I was going to ask you about his attitude and dedication, but wow, I think you gave us a pretty good <laughs> yeah, sense of it. Yeah, I can brag about him quite a bit there. Well, and I mean, a, lo- a lot of people, I mean, there's no doubt he's an elite athlete and, and, and you have to have the physical ability, but, uh, you know, a lot of people have that physical ability, but then he's really separated himself with that with that work ethic and dedication, hasn't he? Exactly. Um, for any amateur athlete, not only only balancing the demands of their sport, sport, but also balancing work demands and school demands on top of all of that as well. So he just does a really good job with his time management and juggling all of that so he can succeed um, in all areas of his life. Okay. And uh, I know he's in Portugal uh, right now. You touched on a little bit, but what could be uh, or is hopefully his schedule coming up here in the near future? Uh, so in the near future, he will have his world championships coming in the next six weeks, and then he's going to follow into his um, downtime for the season. So world championships is his big event uh, for the year. So after that in November will be his downtime until about February or March of next year, and that's when he'll start to ramp everything up again, returning to those national team trial events, starting to do a couple more international meets and then domestic meets as well. Um, and then that will take him into next summer, the summer of 2019, where he'll attend the national championships and hopefully world championships the fall after. Right on. Well, it's awesome to hear he's doing well. I, I can hear your enthusiasm in, in telling his story. Taylor, thanks for checking in tonight. You bet. Take care. Taylor Monroe, the coach of this week's 630 Chet MVP, Callum Sunquist, who's competing at a World Cup event in Portugal. You can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com, the MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. 753 Inside Sports on 630Ched. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope you have a great long weekend planned. We have you covered with Oilers and Eskimos games tomorrow for the uh, Oilers, Monday for the Eskimos finally getting started for the Oilers. Uh, will they be able to uh, get back to where they were a couple of years ago? Well, they're going to need some guys to step up like Jesse Puglielarvi. Here's Todd McClellan. The words still come up. You know what? He's a young player. He's he, This is his third year. 
and uh, his experience now and the pressure we're going to put on him is to take the next step. Um, he may be young in, in age, but he's not young in experience anymore. It's time for him to, uh, to push and take that next step. Yeah, going to be some uh, younger players on the team, perhaps some inexperienced players, especially on defense. I would expect Evan Bouchard taking 10th overall this June in the draft. I would expect him to play. He will get an opportunity to play. He's not here just to uh, to watch. And whenever that happens, we expect him to be uh, excited, ready, probably a little bit anxious like the rest of the young players that play their first game. But um, he's shown to have... Uh, a great calmness to him and been able to adjust. So we look forward to seeing him play. I would think that uh, Chris Russell will be activated and Ethan Bear probably assigned to Bakersfield. And then uh, we'll see what they decide to do once they get back to North America. Oilers play tomorrow, then they'll play again until Thursday when they will visit the Boston Bruins. So 9.30 tomorrow morning for the face-off show. Game at 11 on Monday noon countdown to kickoff. 2 o'clock kickoff, Eskimos at Rough Riders. Looks like Duke Williams is going to be good to go. Here's Jason Moss. Well, I think he is. I mean, he's proven it. Right now he's a leading receiver in the league. So when you, you, you're missing out on the leading receiver in the league, and we're already missing Darrell Walker, who, you know, if Darrell would have stayed healthy, he's probably leading it as well. You know, they're both 1-2 like they had been. So, you know, when you're losing those two guys, it's it's different. It's a different story for our offense. But, you know, to have Duke's, t- Duke's, Duke's toughness and um, the way he plays, you know, back out on the field for us is a, is a big deal. At 12 and a half minutes left in Ottawa, Blue Bombers leading the Red Blacks 22-17. Lewis Ward for Ottawa, now 40 consecutive field goals. That is a new CFL record. NHL, Sharks and Kings coming up in half an hour. Hurricanes have beaten the Blue Jackets 3-1. The Oil Kings start of the second period in Cranbrook. They trail the Kootenai Ice 3-1. Baseball tonight, Red Sox 5, Yankees 2. That's in the sixth Dodgers and Braves scoreless in the first. Astros won game one over Cleveland, 7-2. Brewers up two games to nothing on the Rockies, thanks to a four-zip victory earlier today. The Oilers' farm team, Bakersfield Condors, they are about to get their AHL season going. They take on the Stockton Heat tonight. So we'll have that score for you on the face-off show tomorrow. All right, Kellen, we're taking everybody into their long weekend. There we go. We did it. Sail on, everybody. <laughs> Find yourself a handsome turkey and cook it. Happy Turkey Day, Reed. <laughs> uh, you are not working tomorrow, eh? Enjoy nope. well. Enjoy your weekend off. Enjoy the game. For sure. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Thanks to our guests tonight. Besides Taylor Monroe, you heard from Willie Jefferson, Kenny Stafford, Matthew Zaroni, and Ken Reed. Thanks to everybody who texted and called in as well. Hang on to those Oilers predictions, everybody. If you get a right one, we'll celebrate it at the end of the season. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. I will talk to you tomorrow morning for Oilers Hockey on 630 Chet. Take care. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. So if you want to join me for a while, just grab your hat and we'll travel like that's old style. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down. Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.